Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly show about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with Horace Reese. Horace is an immigrant to the United States from Bosnia. He came here when he was seven years old, didn't speak a word of English, and today he is an entrepreneur, a coach, a consultant, an author of three best-selling books, and we're going to talk about how he just uses his naivety, naivety, however you want to say that, to open doors and get things done. He's got a great story about how he got his foot in the door with Gary Vaynerchuk and great conversation with a 25-year-old who has done so much. How? Because he opened his first business when he was 14 years old. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to stay safe as we have a conversation with Horace about his life, his philosophy in life, and how you can apply some of these techniques and tactics and philosophies to your own life. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you doing? Well, I have uh, a new daughter-in-law, a new graduate, a new 18-year-old, so quite a bit. Yeah, been that's happy. right. It's been a busy <laughs> couple of weeks for you, and also for me, our, our firstborn yeah. child graduated from high school, and uh, my wife and I are kind of sad, because I still remember playing with him when he was like two. And <laughs> You'll he, get over that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to roll him around. Like, I used to roll him like dough, like a baker would. <laughs> And I went up to him, like he was laying down on uh, our bed, and I went up to him, and I was like, roll like dough, and I, I couldn't budge him. Yeah. yeah now he like, can do that to you. Yeah, I was like, this is not fun anymore, and I walked away. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't come here to talk about like our sadness or excitement about graduations and uh, all that stuff. We're actually here having a conversation with Horace Reese, who is an Ooh. entrepreneur, CEO, and he's going to share with us a, a whole bunch of stuff about his life. And Horace, how are you doing? Really good. Beautiful day. Excited to be connected with you guys. Awesome. Same here. Um, now, normally I would throw an icebreaker question at you, but uh, this time around, Brandon said he's got one, so I'm going to just let him kick that off. And of course, from there, we're going to have our conversation. Oh, Hearts, we we were you know doing research on you, and we found your high school girlfriend, and so she's going to join us and ask a few questions and uh, and get you to explain some of the really terrible things you did in high school. Is that cool? Oh, God. That's <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking we did. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got to go. We lost the connection. Uh, Boom. And then part of me My was heart still- started beating really fast there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, which one? Oh, man. So, Horace, when you said that, it wasn't me. It was you. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Speaking of newborns, Horace, surprise. Oh, exactly. <laughs> do you remember where you were? November 2nd. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, and that's when the show went dark. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is awesome. We got to meet you kind of through a podcast movement on Facebook group that we all belong to and just 
the generosity of people telling their stories and asking questions and all of that. So we're really excited to have you on. And uh, like Jerry was saying before we started recording, you know, we, we don't really try to do any gotcha questions like that. But we do kind of consider this like having lunch. And we're all just sitting around and we're glad that you joined us and uh, we get to have kind of a virtual lunch to learn more about you and some of the things you've done in order to really get out of the rut of what normal people would just do and complain about. Yeah, awesome. Thanks guys for having me. I'm I'm really excited. And you guys were super conversational. We were talking for what, 10, 15 minutes before we even started hitting record. Yeah, we almost yeah. forgot why we were calling each oh, other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember the thing that really stood out about you when uh, Jared easily put that thread up on the Facebook page to link podcasters together was that, I mean, you're a CEO, you're young. I, mean, I believe you're in your 20s. Yeah, I'm 25 now. Yeah, just ooh. turned 25 not too long ago. And, and with that, I mean, you, you're CEO of your own company. You've published three books. And the thing that really blew my mind was that a few years back, you wanted to work with a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, some guy. You know, just, yeah. I'm kidding. No. Few people have heard of him. <laughs> you know. uh, right. Those in the entrepreneur space or even in the podcasting or YouTube space know Gary is a pretty big deal. And you said to yourself, I want to work with that guy. He has no clue who I am. But I want to work with that guy. And you put yourself out there with a person who most folks would talk themselves out of. Right. And from there, there's so much opportunity that comes from that. And so I wanted you to kind of kick us off with that that story, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very naive, I think, in all aspects (laughs) of life. Um, And I think a lot of us can relate because I think I can do something crazy, and then I just kind of make it happen. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's always just, okay, this happened, so I'm going to do this. This happened, so I'm going to do that. You know, uh, same thing with the best-selling books. I barely passed my English class um, in high school. I could never focus. I didn't like it. Um, I told you guys I learned English through a dictionary because Rosetta Stone and all the other, you know, great tools that we have today weren't around back in 2001. And no one ever would think that I'm a national best-selling author. And I was just naive. And I said, I think I can. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I did it three times. With Gary... I, I love his content. I'm sure you guys do as well. He, he, he just puts out such good stuff. And uh, I'm a part of a group called Digital Marketer. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Uh, they're out in Austin, Texas, actually. Uh, that's where they're headquartered. They have a large digital marketing agency. They, they give you tools and tactics for funnels, building traffic, giving lead magnets, uh, email sequences. And they put on a conference in San Diego. It's an annual one. It's in February. And I love going to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to this one. I wonder what tools and tactics I can learn. Uh, something tells me I should go. So I'm going to go. Uh, I bought the ticket. It was, you know, 500 bucks or so or a thousand. And there's about 6,000 other really smart marketers going. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to not only listen to the speakers, but the audience. The person next to me could have a really successful multi-million dollar company. The person behind me could be, you know, some young, hungry kid starting up uh, his own agency. You just never know who you're sitting around. So I was really excited for that. And, you know, a week goes by and I get another email saying, do you want to upgrade to VIP? And I said, meh, all you really get is a table to write on for notes. And I said, that's okay. Uh, I don't think I need it. Next email says, are you sure you don't want to upgrade? Because we have (laughs) Gary Vaynerchuk speaking. And I said, ah. Well, let me see here. I want to talk to Gary. I want to see if I can work with him somehow. I want to get around him. 
I think it'd be fun to do an internship with him or go work with him for the summer. So I said, okay, I'm going to talk to him at this event because that's my my chance, quote unquote, to get my, you know, five, ten seconds in. I have to stand out with 6,000 other <laughs> really, really smart marketers. 2,000 are VIP, 4,000 are not. So I'm going to upgrade to VIP. So now I'm in the pool of 2,000, not 6,000. So that's why I stand out there. And then I said, okay, so now I'm in VIP. I'm going to sit front and center somehow. Uh, and I'm also going to tell Gary I'm going to sit front and center. How do I do that? So I started <laughs> watching all of his content. So he wasn't very good back then, but he did give an email on one of his episodes somewhere. And, I'm, and I said, okay, he probably gets so many emails. What's a good time to send my email? And I said, well, I know he works out at 6 a.m. New York City time, which is 4 a.m. Central Standard Time because I'm in Nebraska. I said, okay, if I email him right before his workout, during his workout, or after his workout, he's probably a lot less busy than during the day. Just because in between sets, you're checking your phone, right? right. Get notifications. Um, nobody just loves actually working out. They love the results. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I love how you approach that, too, is, uh, you know, don't miss the details of, of this story, is that you put yourself in the position to make the connection. Sometimes we're like, well, how come Gary doesn't just call me or I sent him one email or one letter? You you were making specific moves to get closer and closer and closer to him to put yourself in the right circle. All right. Well, I sent him emails, which is 4 a.m. I didn't want to automate it because deliverability gets messed up. Uh, so I had to get up at 4 a.m., write a different email every day, uh, different subject line, different body. Everything was different because I didn't want them to be alike. I don't want Gary thinking of copy and pasting. And I did this for weeks. <laughs> and do you know how many times he responded? You I'm guessing guess? 78. <laughs> I don't think that was the number. <laughs> You're about 78 off. Ah. <laughs> Not once. But I kept doing it because I know it's a valid email. I just didn't catch him at the right minute. I was like, I got to catch him at the right minute. I'll just keep going. And then on one episode of the Ask Gary Vee show, he said it doesn't matter if you go to Harvard or Schmarvard, business is business or something along those lines. And I said, okay, cool. I'm going to buy that shirt. I'm going to get it in blue because it sticks out on stage. I told him, hey, pay attention to me, front and center, uh, and a blue Schmarvard shirt. Kept emailing, kept emailing, kept emailing. Uh, fast forward to the night before the event. I said, okay, cool. It's the night before. I I've been emailing Gary, haven't heard a single thing. Uh, I go to my hotel, I'm trying to sleep, but that's just not happening. 4 a.m. rolls around, and I, I said, man, I can't sleep. I got to figure out. How, I've been telling this man for weeks now <laughs> that I'm going to be front and center at this huge event. I got to make it happen somehow. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go there at the event at 4 a.m., which sounds wow. crazy, and it is. <laughs> And I went there, and I just had my backpack. I had jeans and my blue T-shirt. So that's a Schmarvard. I, I don't have a ticket. I mean, I bought it. I just didn't have it because registration doesn't open or whatever. 
um, at 4 a.m. So I just started walking around, and uh, one guy says, hey, uh, what are you doing here? I said, what do you mean, what am I doing here? So said, well, it's 4 a.m., the event doesn't start till eight. the networking starts at 8, the event starts at 9. Uh, you're welcome to come back then. I said, what do you mean? I'm the AV guy. Why would I be here at 4 a.m. <laughs> if I didn't have to be? I love it. You have you have is, nothing at this moment but just complete failure. No no response, no progress whatsoever. But you're still putting yourself physically in the area to try to get to him. I love that. Yeah, very naive. <laughs> uh, so I kept going, and then I, I finally got in. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to this event. It's massive. Uh, so I didn't want to mess anything up. I'm an AV guy now. That's what this guy thinks. Yeah. So I have to that do AV awesome. type work. Your degree is from Schmarbert, so you know you're probably right. pretty good at it. Exactly. Yeah. I love how you tied that in. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to mess anything up, but I also can't just sit there at a table because uh, I just told this guy I'm a worker, so I have to work. <laughs> so I just went and like touched the cables. I didn't do anything. I turned them, um, but I didn't unplug them. I didn't do anything like that. I just kept touching cords somehow, some way. <laughs> It looked like I was doing stuff. And I did that for four hours. And 8 a.m. rolled around. At this point, you're kind of risking getting arrested and like thrown out <laughs> and not even making the event. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy no one questioned me again with credentials or anything. I don't, I might have started speaking Bosnian, just completely <laughs> forgot English. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 8 a.m. rolls around and I, I want to put my backpack down, I want to go network. Um, but I know if I put my backpack down, people could easily just move the backpacks to take the chair and say, too bad. I don't think people would do that. I think people are better than that, but you never know. Okay. Uh, so what I did is I took my all my stuff out of my backpack, put it on the table, because now it's going to take them a couple minutes to move all my stuff instead of just picking the next chair over. And I went and networked for about an hour. They opened the doors. The floodgates opened. People are sprinting. I'm casually walking in, just eyeing my chair. No one's touching it. Super happy. I got my spot front and center, like I've been telling Gary. Now I'm in the position I thought I was going to be in. Now what? And Gary gets on, you know, this is 6 p.m. now. Gary gets on. Uh, Ryan's announcing Gary, saying, hey, everybody, welcome Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary walks up on stage and goes, Schmarvert, I see you. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I have no idea if it's because of an email. I have no idea if it's just a shirt alone. I have no idea if I was front and center. I don't know why. It was great, though. I was like, Yes. That's awesome. Well, it's, I think it's a combination of everything. Your tenacity to say, I'm going to get next to this guy. Yeah. And then yeah. CG might have planned it too. And, he, you know, he's familiar with that quote. Now, that's just yeah. so amazing that, like, you go through that all. And and it wasn't just like you had that one moment and then it was done. You were able to capitalize off of that, if I understand correctly. Yeah. So the way this event is set up is once the speaker speaks, they wave by, they go into the green room, and you never see them again. And. I didn't want that to happen because I just put in so much work to be this close. Now what? So I, I had to think of a way to get to him after his talk, before he goes to the green room. Uh, I picked the best spot, obviously. So I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then he says, okay, thank you, everybody, for the time. Peace. And then I, I run up there I was to the, right next to the stage. I said, hey, man, can I get a picture? And I didn't really, you know, a picture is great. I didn't want the picture. I wanted time to talk to him. Um, a picture is the easiest because he's going to say yes, I hope, uh, which he did. But him saying yes allows me to fumble around my camera, act like I can't figure it out, and talk to him, right? Right. Um, so I'm fumbling around. Oh, man, my app, some, it keeps crashing weird. Uh, while it's <laughs> crashing, I'd love to work for you for free in New York City if you have, you know, I have a lot of skills. I've built, I've already built a six-figure company in 10 months. 
uh, I have hustle, man. I, I would love to come help build your brand and get it to the next level. Uh, and I'll take care of everything. I just want to work for you. And then he says, cool, man. Uh, I take the picture and he says, hey, cool, man. I, you know, I'm in a car ride for the next three hours. Email me. Uh, and then I'll connect you to my guy. His name is Andy. He was a brand director. Uh, and he said, email me. So I did. I said, thank you for the photo. Thanks for the time. Thanks, thanks for the talk. Um, I'll email you as soon as you can get, get off. And then everyone else tried taking photos. He couldn't do it because he had to go to L.A. That's why it's important to always be first. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then I just saw him in a crowd and I said, cool. As soon as everyone stops taking pictures with him, I'm going to send him an email because he's going to check his phone first. And then I did. He connected me to Andy. And that was the shortest interview of my life. Well, you're hired. We'll pay you. HR is going to contact you within a day or two. And uh, welcome to the team. That awesome. is amazing. I, yeah. I love the pitch because your pitch wasn't, Gary, do something for me. Your entire pitch was, I want to do something for you. I want to add value to your life. And then that in turn will get something for me, a job, money, whatever it is, or future endeavors, whatever. But I, I love that concept. And we talk about that a lot on the show is you need to add value to somebody else's life. Don't just go to them and say, hey, give me a job and give me this and give me that. I want to give you stuff. Yeah, and Gary's been around long enough where he can sense if you're genuine. Right. So if you're also not being genuine about, hey, I want to help you. I love your content. I want to help give that to the world. And I genuinely meant it. And if you don't genuinely mean it, he, he can smell right through that. He can see right through it. And not, what you want won't happen. You have to genuinely want it. Right. That way. And It's funny you know, because I did the same thing with Rob Lowe and I got blocked <laughs> on Twitter. So. <laughs> well, Twitter's a different beast. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all in the uh, margins there. How you approach that, man? I tell you that yeah. if you get Rob Lowe to block Beyond the Rut Twitter <laughs> account, Brandon, I will be so mad at you. I just just putting that out there now. <laughs> um, hey, he has attention though. Now you have to go get his attention on a different platform. Yeah. Say, hey. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> it's I think me again. He, he didn't ask anything outlandish or anything. It was just a simple question. And then whoever the assistant was running yeah. his Twitter account at the time blocked Brandon. And <laughs> we claim that's Brandon's claim to fame right there is Rob Lowe took the time to block him on Twitter. <laughs> so you get in with Gary, you learn all of these things, and then you eventually kind of go off in a different direction. Yeah. So when I worked with Gary, I worked at the office from 8 a.m. till midnight every day. And uh, to the point where HR said, Horace, you legally can't be here this long every day. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? Well, I can't pay you to be here 24 hours, Horace. Go explore the city. You're, you're young. Be young. Go do young stuff. Said, well, I want to be here. This is why I'm here. I want, I want to learn. I want to help. You know, I was genuine when I said, Gary, I want to help. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is my fun. <laughs> this, is what I'm this is what I want to do. She's like, no, 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 like, we can't pay you. I said, okay, pay me from nine or whatever, 10. I don't even know my schedule. Just pay me from whatever you're, I'm supposed to be here till I'm supposed to leave with the lunch if I get one and we'll call it good. And she's like, no, 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 like, legally, I need you out of the building. And I don't <laughs> want to argue with HR. It's a great company. Yeah. <laughs> I love everybody there. I said, well, okay. So I went to happy hour with other interns for an hour or two. And then when HR is gone, I come right back because I have a key card. <laughs> There you go. And the team was like, well, dude, we just can't get rid of you. Um, I think I was one of their most unique interns because they told me, interview everyone in the company and meet everyone in the company, which had 800 people, which required me meeting 25 people every day. 
um, or some weird number like that. Uh, and I did just that. And Andy, the brand director, was like, Horace, do you have time for a meeting at 10? I was like, no, 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 I have to meet with someone. Uh, what about 10.30? Uh, booked. 12? Uh, kind of booked. 2? I'm booked. And he said, Horace, let me look at your calendar. And he looks at my calendar, and it's nothing but these walk-in-the-parks meeting people or lunches <laughs> or coffees. Awesome. Um, I spent I spent a lot of money doing that. And then um, <laughs> he's like, dude, you can't do this. I said, what do you mean? He's like, you can't just have meetings all day. I said, well, you said to. You said meet everyone in the company. There's 900 people. I'm here for you know X amount of days. <laughs> that equals this many people a day. He said, no, I wasn't being literal, Horace. <laughs> So well, what does it matter if I'm networking from you know 10 a.m. till four, and then I work from four till midnight? What does it matter? So, Jesus, Horace, <laughs> <laughs> how do I explain stop working to one of my employees? <laughs> right. So I got in really well with them just because I was always trying to do something, um, and they realized they can't be literal with me. Um, Gary said, "Oh, this is a great story. I think you guys will love it. It gives you guys a different." version of gary and i don't think i've shared it on any other podcast so you guys are the first awesome um gary he has this called, thing called vaynerversary and uh vaynerversary vayner media's anniversary and i think it was our eighth year one and i think if you guys find the footage for it on his uh, daily v he'll see me but uh we went and played basketball basketball's a big thing we all play at 6 a.m in the morning at this one gym um, every day of the week, Monday through Friday, and at the anniversary, we all play together. And Gary said, "I'm not going to leave the court. I'm going to be the last one to leave the court." And I said, "No, no, no, no! I'm going to be the last one to leave the court." <laughs> Challenge <I'm>, accepted. <laughs> well, seven hours later, this old man and me are still running up and down the court um, with another one, another intern called Nick um, Bulin. He was a cool guy. He was one of my favorite other interns. And uh, Nick, Gary passes Nick the ball. I was defending Nick. Uh, there's sweat everywhere on the floor. I'm dead tired. Seven <laughs> hours of sprinting up and down. Uh, so I slip and fall. Nick scores a layup on me. And then Gary goes, Horace is a quitter. He's going <laughs> to get quit. Quit, Horace. You quitter. I was like, whoa. Give me the damn ball. <laughs> I ran at Gary so hard. And I took him out. And I made the layup. And Gary's laying there on his back. I'm over him. Um, kind of like a big brother thing. So Gary's like your dad. <laughs> so I look at Gary and I was like, who's a quitter? No, who's a quitter? No. And then, um, you know, I threw in some cuss words in there too. <laughs> and, uh, he, I was like, who's a, who's a effing quitter now? Uh, you should probably stay down old man or just leave the court. I'm the last <laughs> one here. Like you've met your match, Gary. And then he gets up and, and I knew I had him at this moment cause he got up and he did that, you know, the little, I don't know how to explain it. Like the head nod, like this guy's a different breed. Yeah. Um, and then we both finished playing after that game. We stopped, uh, and then we went outside. Gary was going to give his big talk, and I was really, I was trying to get close to this one other intern um, that worked there, and she was playing knockout. And I said, "Well, I've already played seven hours. What's another twenty minutes?" So I, I wanted to go play knockout with her just to talk with her. And uh, ironically enough, as soon as I shoot one hoop, Gary's over there. So Gary, you're done playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, he looks at me he's like you are crazy <laughs> <laughs> like, i will die on this court if i have to <laughs> i'm never leaving <laughs> i will never leave it was it was crazy but it was a great experience uh working there i just have that naive never will quit attitude i also do mma um more more jujitsu now but i used to do muay thai and my very first time sparring 
And this guy, back in the day, there is no like sparring. If you guys, do you guys do any mixed martial arts or combat, or have you ever done it before? We don't, but we have a few good friends that do that. They have gyms here and do all of that. Yeah. So sparring is is a time where you don't throw as hard like you're in a fight, but it gives you time to test new things to see what will work. Um, the old fashioned guys, their sparring were they they fought. They they threw everything they had and everything, and you could get hurt. Um, and one guy said, Hey man, will you help me spar? But he didn't say it in a nice way. He said it kind of in a derogatory way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll spar. I had no idea how to fight. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was sparring. Little did I know he was, a, uh, he was number 21 in the world at light heavyweight. Awesome. And That's always fun. I had a double mouth guard in where that just makes your jaw go down a little bit farther and it makes it harder to breathe. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but he kept <laughs> beating me up and he's permanently if i ever get hit in my jaw i don't want to tell people like what part of my jaw uh, in <laughs> case an opponent that i fight in the future is listening to this somehow um but if you hit me in my jaw i can't close it for the next two three days so it's awesome. not fun um but i didn't stop moving forward and i got his respect and i said man if i'm just like this in combat or like this with gary what's the worst thing that can happen in business exactly <laughs> i mean i'm physically being knocked down here and i keep getting up with Gary, I'm getting like people are shoulder bumping me. I have no energy. I have to run up and down. Um, I'm not going to lose. I can't let this old guy think I'm going to quit. <laughs> um, so I just have that never die attitude. And I don't know what it is. It's just I will never, I will literally never give up. I think that's what's so great about your story. And one, one of the main reasons we wanted you on was because we had kind of read up on that part of it is that you just gave it your all, you know, 99 failures doesn't mean you weren't coming back for number 100 to get that meat or, you know, you, you ran for seven hours. Well, I'm going to put in 20 minutes more or stay at the office longer. And we talk a lot about balance and all that, not working 24 hours a day, but when you're building your dream at your young age, where you were, it was do whatever it takes to outwork everybody around you. And that gets noticed. And now you, you've not only done that and accomplished a great deal, but you've gained the respect of some other people and yourself because now you know what you're capable of so you can build even more in the business that you're in now. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Now I have a consultancy where we help high net worth individuals solve either very complex problems or innovate new ideas or new divisions in their business. Uh, sometimes the problems that we solve them we we turn it into a solo company and sell that solution to other companies because if they're having this issue there's likely others that are having this issue and if we solve it might as well go solve other people's problems as well uh, i have a social media agency a social media app uh, i have a personal couple handful clients um, that i help i'm also building my own personal brand i'm documenting how i'm going from 500 to 50,000 followers in 362 days and I hired three people uh, to help me with my brand, one Instagram growth hacker, uh, one graphics person, one video person. So I'm catching up to Gary's team. Uh, I think he's at 30 people now, but he had eight, so I feel close. <laughs> there um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm still doing combat. And um, besides yeah. graduating from Smarvard, uh, yeah. you're only 25 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So I know there's people listening to this and thinking, okay, well, he's spent the last 15, 20 years. Not only have mm -hmm. you not spent the last 15, 20 years doing this, 
you worked really, really hard over the last few years to build this, having learned English in 2001. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing this for a while, man. I had uh, my first job at 12 yeah. and my first business at 14. You know, I'm 25, but I've been in the game a while. Um, but I also spent a lot of years just learning and not implementing. So it hasn't been 10 full years. I was actually on a call with a friend, uh, one of my best friends, uh, on Friday morning yesterday. Uh, I sometimes I get sidetracked what day of the week it is because every day is basically the same. <laughs> but um, we went out Thursday night for a drink, and a drink turned into a couple drinks. <laughs> and uh, he had to get up really early, and I was supposed to. Um, but I got up. I had a brunch meeting, so I did that. And then I said, man, I'm just not feeling good. I'm going to go back to bed. He said, man, I wish I could just decide when to work and when to not work and sleep when I want. I said, yeah, but everybody kind of wants that, but nobody wants to go through <laughs> the 10 years that I've gone through. Exactly. I love that. those weren't fun. You built that foundation to be there, and everybody wants to show up when you're at the top. But, you know, it's kind of the analogy of building a treehouse. Everybody wants that really cool treehouse, but that's many years of nobody understanding or caring that you're building this house to eventually have. And a lot of people show up when it's finished. Oh, yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah, that's exactly how I failed at being a real estate agent and having that as my business. Right. Was I wanted all the uh, work from home, yeah. wear shorts and a t-shirt in the office, yeah. um, play video games. And that, yeah, eventually, yeah, I ran out of money and <laughs> I had no business coming in and it didn't matter. By then, I'd already set the momentum in the wrong direction. Yeah. And it's so important that you do put that work in because there are people who started at the same time I did yep. and they are killing it. And I'm just kicking myself thinking, wow, if I had put in that kind of effort, I could essentially coast the way they do. Their systems are running the, the show for them. Well, yeah, I think just people listening to this are hearing that you emailed Gary every morning at 4 a.m. and saying to themselves, I would have quit after a week, maybe a month, maybe, you know, six times I would have done it or whatever. And sent it one takes email that and, extra. Yeah. You know, I recently, I'm only 49, but I recently retired and, and kind of control my own schedule now. And, and people, say, well, I want to get there. Thank you. But you got to do the work to get there yeah. and make the plans and sacrifices. Like you were saying, you're getting up at 4 a.m. every day. Nobody's paying you to get up at 4. You had to in order to work on your dream. Yeah. yeah and now I have that foundation where if I'm not feeling good and I am sick, I have teams that are still working. Right. Someone might li be listening and say, well, if you're sleeping, then you're not grinding and you need to grind 24-7. <laughs> well, no. no. I have a team. You know, when you can do that, if you have money, you can leverage it and hire others. And also knowing everything is your fault it was very <laughs> big for me. Oh, I love because, that. Yeah. No matter what, everything's your fault. And people love comparing themselves, saying, oh, well, look at, you know, the, the basketball game was on yesterday. If you play basketball. And you're like, oh, look at Steph Curry, man. I would love to be Steph Curry. He just, <laughs> he's living the dream. He's the best. He's, you know, he didn't win yesterday, but he is, you know, arguably one of the best basketball players ever. Um, that's cool. But when he went to, I don't know if you guys know the story about Steph Curry, but this yeah. is why he's my favorite player. He went to Kobe Bryant's uh, invite-only Nike basketball thing <laughs> many years ago when he was in high school. And only the elite in high school would get this invite. And he was the smallest guy. He was like the rut there. Everyone, no one took him seriously. He didn't care. He's not comparing himself to everybody else. He wasn't the leading scorer. He wasn't anything super special. Um, but before Kobe would come to the practice facility, he was already in there. He would make 500 free throws, swish yeah. free throws. 
not hit the rim, not off the backboard, 500 swish free throws. He did that before and after every practice. Right. And the elite, this is the elite of the elite. He was outworking them. Right. That's the key. And no comparison. He said, it's my fault. If I'm not winning, it's my fault. Everything's my fault. Yep. Um, realizing that is so key. And then when you're, when you realize that, you know, you're in control of everything. I can't get to Gary. He's not responding to me or Jerry, you said real estate, man, these guys just have, I have this going and the automations in place. I wish I could be them. Well, it's kind of my fault. I don't have the, I didn't do what they did or I didn't do it my way. Just pivoting and taking ownership is big. Oh yeah. It was so easy to blame the recession, but when I look back, I mean, yeah. I can only blame myself. You right. know, four hours of YouTube a day would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I, yeah. I like to tell people, you know, whether you had great parents or horrible parents, at some point in your life, you have to take responsibility for everything, whether they set you up or they just created chaos. At some point, you have to take the responsibility and run with it because otherwise you're a 25, 30 year old guy going, well, my parents weren't rich or my parents wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that. It's like, well. So that doesn't change your life. It just means that may be true, but who cares? Right. There's this one quote. It said, if you were, if you were born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it's your fault. <laughs> um, people have this misconception about money. And I've been very fortunate to be around people with a lot of it. And the myth is true where money won't necessarily make you happy. I mean, I, I know this one guy in Omaha. He's worth hundreds of millions but he's under a bottle of vodka every night yeah. because he's depressed, sad. He doesn't have the life he wants. He doesn't have family, no kids, um, has nothing to lean back on. Business is like going. Like He has systems in place that just makes money. What do you do? Like You, you have the jet. You, you've flown around the world. You've seen the world. Um, well, what, what is there to do? People think like, oh, I need, I need to make $5 million next year. I have to. Why? Well, I want to go to Brazil. Okay, well, a flight is actually like five hundred dollars. <laughs> it's a little cheaper than five million to go to Brazil. To live there for a week, you need like twenty five bucks a night, depending on where you stay. Yep. So okay, that's a grand. What else? What, what do you need the four point nine whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. What do you need it for? Well, I want a car. Okay. Well, are you trying to get a Bugatti? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I love this Toyota Corolla, the new one. Oh, okay. Well, that's thirty thousand. So now we're up like. 4.9 whatever it equals and uh what else do you need it and they're like well i guess i don't need that much because the perception of money i think shark tank and the entrepreneur boom has made people just think they need so much money in the bank or whatever right. um it's not you know that you can make six figures and be happy you can make i live in omaha if you make 50 55 000 a year here you you're pretty comfortable. You can live in a nice apartment or a nice house. Right. You can have a nice car. You can go out to eat or whatever occasionally. You don't need to be a multimillionaire to live here. Right. There's also a guy there that's got a few billion, and if you see him, you'd never know he did because, you know, he's yeah. just a happy Ironically, guy. <laughs> I live four blocks from him. <laughs> cool. Kind of. He owns that. I'm sure he owns that whole street. Yeah, probably. But he's not far from me. His <laughs> office is... So I live in this area called Blackstone. Um, how, how can I compare? It's like Saks Fifth Avenue of New York City. Just kind of like a hip little area. And his office is, I could see it out of my window from my bedroom. Yeah. And I went to his house one day. I had one of my uh, business partners here uh, three or four years ago. And I didn't know which house was his. 
<laughs> I mean, it's yep. just here. And I, you know, this is in Midtown and I lived farther out west in the suburbs. Uh, so I drove down here and I wanted to show him and I couldn't tell you which one it was. And we couldn't, we didn't do the whole look it up on Google thing. I had an idea, general idea where it was. So I, man, I can't find this house. So I pulled us out of the driveway and out of nowhere, five security guards just jump out of the doors <laughs> and the sides of the house yeah. and the other house. I was like, oh, that's my I think theory. we found it. <laughs> there you go. And that's when I used my Bosnian and got out. <laughs> there you go. Well, man, this has uh, just been a lot of fun to get to talk to you and hear your story and, and uh, just share your story with our listeners. Really appreciate that. What's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you to uh, find you and maybe stalk you out at the next event? Yeah, if you want to stalk, I'm <laughs> trying to build this Instagram from 500 to 50,000 and I'm documenting it. So I'd love a follow on there. Um, if you guys have questions, I answer DMs and I engage with people who comment on my things. Uh, I try to post as often as possible. Uh, so yeah, my uh, hashtag or my hashtag, my um, username is at Harris H A R I S underscore Reese R E I S. Cool, and we'll put all those links in the uh, show notes so you can go to the website and see all of that and how to get a hold of uh, Harris. And I think if if anything else you got from this interview, it's that you know, fail 99 times, but do the 100 because that's where the breakthrough grows. And maybe it's 999, but keep going and don't quit and don't let anybody call you a quitter. (laughs) Definitely don't let anyone call you a quitter. Um, Just keep going. You never know when that next one is the one. So just keep going. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Hars. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. We are so glad you joined us this week in our conversation with Horace. And if you want some bonus content, go check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 183. There we'll include links to all the resources we discussed in this episode, including the link to Horace's website. Now, the best way you can support our show right now, because we really haven't built any money into this, we're providing the show to you for free. So the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Anybody you think would really enjoy listening to this and be inspired by this, even equipped by it, share it with them. Don't hold it to yourself. Don't be stingy. Share this. You got it for free. Give it to somebody else for free. And that's all we ask. Now, until we come back next week, we want you to go out and live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.